Hi, welcome to the Dewey Decimal Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Moorhart, Associate Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association. It's, uh, it's been a busy month here at ALA headquarters. Uh, just this week, we wrapped the 2017 ALA Annual Conference here in Chicago. It was five days of uh, really intense programming, networking, and speakers from around the library world and beyond. And, uh, well, for those of you that know, well, you know, it's, it's a lot to take in. But it's really, it's worth it. I mean, where else can you hear... Hillary Clinton or Sarah Jessica Parker talk about the power of books, and then you can run across the hall for a panel discussion about fake news or uh, learn about the latest uh, trends in library technology. It's just, there's tons. Uh, one of the, personally for me, one of the most fulfilling things that I stumbled upon was a really informal meetup of librarian podcasters. It was great. It was just a low-key talk, group of us around the table, like minds discussing our shows, best practices, tips, and uh, we even thought about planning some uh, panels for next year uh, when we all meet up in New Orleans for our next conference. Uh, it was really, it was energizing to see so many of us, people in the library world, embracing podcasts as a means to really riff on what drives us, the profession, and our passions. It was inspiring, and that's not hyperbole at all. It really was. So I think it's only natural that we continue those conversations here for all of you to enjoy and hopefully learn from. This month on the Dewey Decimal Podcast, I talked to the hosts of two of my favorite library-related podcasts. First, I talked to Steve Thomas. He's the manager of the Beaufort Sugar Hill Branch, Gwinnett County Public Library in Georgia, and he hosts the Circulating Ideas Podcast. Steve and I sat down at the ALA Annual Conference just this past week to discuss his podcast, its origins, and where he gets his guests, show topics, and much, much more. Next, I talked to Frank Calarius. Frank is the manager of the Jefferson Market Branch of New York Public Library, and he co-hosts with Gwen Glazer, the widely popular The Librarian is In podcast. Frank and I talked about his show, the dynamics of hosting a podcast with another person, and much more. Both Steve and Frank also give some excellent tips for any librarian or library looking to start their own podcast. So if this is you, this is a must-listen episode. But first, a word from a sponsor. How can you transform library data into impactful services? What feature do users value the most when evaluating information sources? Which were the most popular interlibrary loan titles for the last five years? What does S.R. Ranganathan, the father of modern library science, have to say about shyness? All of these questions have been explored on the OCLC Next blog. So many libraries operate on behalf of a very local, specific audience. Whether you're at a public library serving one city or town, or an academic library taking care of your students and faculty, you best understand your users' needs. But that can be a challenge when it comes to synthesizing trends among libraries of different types, sizes, and countries. That's where OCLC Next comes in. Because of OCLC's global reach, staff and member leaders from many disciplines are exposed to developments and ideas that reach across the entire library environment. They wrap their thoughts into quick, compact posts in order to share knowledge from the world's libraries with you. Check out oc.lc next to read the latest post or subscribe to a weekly email. The Circulating Ideas podcast has been around forever. Well, only six years or so, but in the lifespan of a podcast, especially a library podcast, and in the scheme of things, the relatively young podcasting world, that's a while. 
Uh, Circular Ideas, it's, it's really a great NPR-style show. It features engaging, long-form conversations with folks from the library world, but also outside of it. It's really a, it's a wide-scoping show. Steve Thomas, like I said, he's the manager of the Buford Sugar Hill Branch of Gwinnett County Public Library in Buford, Georgia. He's been running the show the entire time. Here's our talk. Hi, we're here at the uh, 2017 ALA Annual Conference in Chicago, um, and I'm here with uh, Steve Thomas. Steve runs the Circulating Ideas podcast. It's uh, one of Dewey Decibel's favorite co- podcasts. It should be one of your pa- favorite podcasts. And uh, we're just going to gab and shoot it today and just talk podcasts. Uh, Steve, welcome to Dewey Decibel. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, let's just, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing, and how did, I guess the big question is, how did circulating, circulating ideas come to be? Well, I'm a, I'm a branch manager at Gwinnett County Public Library. It's a suburb of Atlanta. Um, it's a really big suburb, but have 900,000 people or so, almost a million people. So it's a big suburb, but we are a suburb, um, and I'm a branch manager there. Um, I do do a, a podcast for my library as well that we've just started, and we're just kind of working out with that, where we're kind of advertising things that we do at the library. But I started my podcast... Um, six years ago now and it was basically the, f- the first thing that came up was I just thought of the name circulating ideas and this is before even a podcast I just thought that those words together sounded fun <laughs> like it was a neat little concept so I was like maybe I'll do a blog or maybe I'll do a podcast or something and, and it was when I started listening to a lot of podcasts like um, especially Fresh Air on NPR and I thought well I would like a show like that only about librarians and there's that old saying of if you come up with an idea and nobody else is doing it then you have to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought I'd go ahead and do it I had no background at all in any kind of audio or anything I just kind of started looking into it and reading things up on how other people who've done podcasting do their shows and I bought a little bit I bought a fairly cheap mic at first it was just a Yeti Snowball which is about $50 or something like that I think and just used it on my computer at home my iMac at home and just got started I started with um, librarian Buffy Hamilton. She was local to the area, so I, I, I kind of already knew her. And so I had her on, and then librarians are very nice and say yes when you ask them to, <laughs> to do things. Yeah. And we're, we're all, I think we're all, so what I really wanted to do with it was interview librarians to find out more about their work. And so I think all librarians want to let everybody else know what they're doing. And my hope someday is that people outside, I think the vast majority of my listenership is other librarians, but it'll be nice if people outside this library sphere listen to it as well so they can learn about what libraries do. Because that's really what we're trying, I'm trying to uncover is look at all this stuff that libraries are doing to move the profession into the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned the um, the NPR type of fresh air format, uh, because when I was listening to, when I listened to Circular Ideas, that immediately pops into my my, my, my head from the uh, from your theme music and uh, your, your 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 spoken word over the over the theme music and to the just the, the the conversational style of the interviews and um, it's one thing I wanted to ask you about is who choose do you choose the guests and um, the I guess the the format um, I guess thematically because well you mentioned that started as just talking to librarians you talk to more now mm-hmm. you're talking to more than librarians yes. like uh, you had um, the author of the this is what a librarian looks like uh, book and uh, you know just a wide variety of people can you elaborate on that a little bit like what um, where do the guests come from in the format and all that well the guests come from basically just my interest so it's always I mean 
I would say maybe I could count on one hand, maybe two hands, the number of people who came to me first and said, hey, I really want to be on your podcast, like specifically asked to do that. Some of it, a lot of it's people I follow on Twitter or I'll read an article in American Libraries, Library Journal, something like that, that I go, oh, I like that person. I want to follow up with them. And, or they might have a new book out, and so I want to follow up on the book. So guest, choosing guests, yeah, it comes completely just from what interests me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I'm just interested in the whole field. And I do try to um, alternate, so I try not to have too many. I think I, I, I definitely lean toward public librarians just because that's what I do. I mm -hmm. think that's more what personally interests me. But I also try to get academic and school and special libraries in there as well. But I also like to get those things that are adjacent like that, like the guy who did the, the this is what a librarian looks like book. Um, I've had authors on in the past, like Cory Doctorow was on at one point, and that that, that one spiked my yeah. <laughs> downloads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never come anywhere near that, but, um, but having them on to talk about how libraries impact their work, and I've had journalists on before of how they use libraries, sort of, and how their field is sort of similar to libraries in some ways of not only the another another profession where everybody else is saying that they're dying when we're, when then they're not they're just changing to adapt to the future mm -hmm. um, so that's basically how that comes about and then yeah the, the 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 theme music is was definitely intended to kind of kick off that NPRE kind of feel yeah. and that's just happens to be my wife's cousin just happens to be a very talented musician oh. <laughs> and so i just asked her to write something and put it on and she did that on her computer and real quick and it was very nice <laughs> awesome yeah it, um, that's something that we're trying to do with Dewey Decibel too from our listeners hopefully caught that too is that um, yeah there I think when people think of a library podcast they, they and even like when I mentioned I work for American Libraries magazine maybe people think maybe something stuffy and something very uptight but no it's libraries are connected to everything and mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to to broaden this audience and we um, I there's, I feel kinship with between our two podcasts. <laughs> I'm glad that, that you're on today. Yeah, um, well, and I try to do what we're doing here too. I try, to, I do try to keep that tone conversa conversational. And it, it, if you ever hear an episode where it sounds maybe a little more stuffy or something like that, it's probably someone who requested all the questions in advance. Mm -hmm. Some people do that because they're just not, they're just not comfortable speaking off the cuff. Yeah. So they'll say, "Tell me every question that you're <laughs> going mm -hmm. to ask me." And it's like I usually have the candidates for ALA president come on. They always want the questions in advance because they're trying to message. Yeah, and that, yeah. that makes complete sense. But those are much more structured than usual. Um, they do. I always tell them ahead of time. I might ask you follow-up questions that are not part of that, and they're all fine with it and everything. But um, yeah, I try. To, I try to just basically when I put together an episode, I just make a list of topics that I want to talk about. I don't usually even write out full questions for myself unless there's something that's sort of tricky wording that I want to make sure to get right. Yeah. I'll just say you know I want to talk about patron privacy. And so we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. And usually the conversation, and I jump all over my list as the conversation goes to try to keep the conversation going in a nicely flowing manner. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, 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 circular ideas. You're you're have a, you're sponsored by the University of South Carolina School of Library and Information Science, mm -hmm. right? What is their involvement in the podcast? Um, it's mostly just a support thing. I mean, it's not they. I I I, I have had um, David Lankus, Dr. David Lankus, who's their head of their program there on the show a few times and I think he's just very supportive of the thing that the stuff that I'm doing and so he wanted to show that support um, I, I, I'm going to be doing some other episodes I did one to sort of focus on their um, knowledge school initiative that they're doing um, and I'll probably do another one of those coming up too so that's really the, all they've asked for that I think it's mostly just they like the work that I'm doing and wanted to support it so it's not 
there's no I, I don't have to run anything past them they don't have, they don't make any requests of me in particular so it's I don't the best kind of sponsorship yeah. I guess <laughs> that's awesome yeah. now are, are um, how many times a month or is this a monthly are you doing this monthly for it's every other week every yeah. other week okay Ex- except for yeah as, as we talked about talked about before during this conference I'm doing kind of daily updates but generally it's every other week mm-hmm. awesome now um I know it's uh, Steve and I yesterday here at ALA Annual had a great meetup with uh, a bunch of, uh, of librarians doing podcasts and it's something that uh, for those of you that do attend annual you might be here uh, keep looking to the future um, for more podcasting things but for for the for those uh, listeners who might want to pursue podcasting do you have any tips like best pra- not necessarily best practices but things to get them started well the, the main thing that I always want to tell people if they want to get started is make sure you pick something that you're passionate about because I am passionate about libraries and so that's why I've been able to sustain, sustain it because it is I mean it's I wouldn't say it's the hardest work in the world but it is work that you have to do and you want to have come out on a on a schedule because if you start being off schedule people will stop listening stop, stop going out to seek it um, so you want to come out with some kind of regularity and it'll wear you down after a while if you're not passionate about it if it's just a one-time sort of thing that you don't want to you're not really that passionate about so that, that that's the main thing i would say and you can do it very it's very inexpensively i mean not, i've since upgraded as much as i can I, I bought some nicer mics and i bought some other software and things like that like we talked yesterday i use logic which costs some money to use but you can just if you have a mac you've got GarageBand on there already you can use that um like i said i started with the cheaper mic which is $50 there's even cheaper mics I mean you can it's depends on what the sound quality is that you're, that you're looking for I mean I don't think people expect podcasts to sound like NPR necessarily yeah <laughs> I mean we're none of us I don't think are trying to do serial exactly. <laughs> we're not trying to get a million downloads in the, in the first weekend or something so yeah that, I mean that's I think the beautiful thing about podcasting now is that we have everything at our fingertips to do yeah. it I mean we can record on an iPhone like, mm-hmm. like we're doing right now uh, and it's just getting easier because there's some new web standards where you'll be able to do a lot more audio stuff in browser because mm-hmm. that, that's been some of the problem is like when I do my show a lot of times it's over Skype because I don't want to just talk about people in Atlanta area that or just at conferences so it's almost always over Skype but I have to have Skype so I have to be on a computer mm-hmm. but there's some things and you have to have a separate program to record off of Skype and blah 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 all these different things but there's some new standards coming along that you'll be able to do a podcast through just your browser it'll record it for you and then send you the file so that'll be pretty cool yeah and open it up even more to people to be able to do podcasts so. yeah it's exciting I was I was I, I love doing it I love hearing your podcast it was exciting talking to all the different librarians mm-hmm. yesterday who are who are who are doing really interesting things and I hope that it, that um, it grows yes uh, where can our listeners find um, circulating ideas um, you can go to circulatingideas.com and then it's on Twitter at circ ideas and then there's a Facebook page too just easier just to search circulating ideas on Facebook and you're on iTunes and other yes yeah yeah yes yeah. so you, you, you can subscribe basically on any 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 app yeah awesome great Steve thank you so much all right thank you thanks so much for being on yeah no problem Podcasts are experiencing a renaissance today. More high-quality programming is available for more diverse audiences than ever before. In the uh, Library Technology Report from ALA Tech Source titled Podcast Literacy, Educational, Accessible, and Diverse Podcasts for Library Users, Nicole Hennig really dives into the podcast phenomenon as it applies to libraries. She uh, provides suggestions for how you can find the best podcasts. 
discusses the purposes and benefits of podcasts, and shares tips on how we can use this knowledge to point our users to the most relevant content and help increase digital literacy in our communities. Hennig also covers why podcasts are an important part of digital literacy, statistics on podcast listening, the advantages of audio-based learning, how to find the best podcasts and the best apps for podcast listening, lists of recommended podcasts for general audiences, higher education, teens, kids, how podcasts are being used in context in K-12 education and higher education, and much, much more. To find podcast literacy, educational, accessible, and diverse podcasts for library users by Nicole Hennig from ALA Tech Source, visit the ALA store at alastore.ala.org. The Librarian is In is one of my favorite podcasts. Produced by New York Public Library, it's a fun, zippy, smart show about books, pop culture, and all things library. And awesome content and guests aside, much of the show's appeal and its success, I'd argue, comes from its host, Gwen Glazer. She's a rec- recommendations librarian at New York Public Library. And Frank Hilarious, he's the manager of the uh, New York Public Library's Jefferson Market branch. Uh, the two of them, they have this spark, this definite spark and energy that makes the show really fun and a joy to listen to. I spoke with Frank recently about the show and much, much more. Here you go. We're here with uh, with Frank Hilarious uh, from the Libraries and Podcast, New York Public Library's great, uh, awesome podcast. Frank, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Great. Um, now, for for our listeners who, who who might not be familiar with the podcast, I, first of all, they should be. But in case they're not. Uh, the library is in. It's uh, from New- produced by New York Public Library, and it's uh, used a discussion of um, reading pop culture, um, the world of libraries. You, you really touch what on to read wide- next? Yeah, yeah. You 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 uh, touch on a wide variety of, of topics in the podcast. Um, I guess the, the first question would be, what uh, what was the impetus behind uh, its creation? Why why did you start? How did the libraries in podcast start? I had a feeling you'd ask that question, <clears throat> and uh, obviously, unfortunately, my my co-host Gwen Glazer is not able to be here right now, so that's cutting half my face off. Basically, um, she's sort of a—I I promised I would say that she, I'm nothing without her. So the fact that she's not here is uh, like devastating to me. But the reason why I say that also is because she would could talk very articulately about that because Gwen is a librarian that's in the New York Public Library recommendations department. Mm-hmm. And which is great, something that happened a couple of years ago at the recommendations, like book recommendations department was redeployed in the New York Public Library, which is fantastic. And one of the many ideas that that department has was, had was doing a podcast. So Gwen was a part of that creation at, in her department with her boss and stuff like that. And then they looked around for someone else they could have on the podcast as a co-host. And they actually chose someone else. Uh, in the library over me, if you can believe it, um, a very talented librarian who actually left the New York Public Library to go back to uh, the state she came from for various reasons. So then I was the second choice and I came aboard and I was really happy to do it because I love New York Public Library and I, I love Gwen too. So uh, that's how it started. So the, the real backstory, actually Gwen might know more details about, but I know that it was just in, in the efforts to continue to talk to the public about the New York Public Library and the materials it has and recommendations it can make to people looking for a good read. That's the basic core of it, and that's how it started. 
How long ago was that? Uh, December. With the podcast started like December of 2015. Okay. We've done about like 47 podcasts. We did it every other week. Now we're um, doing every week. So it's been a little like a year and a half. Wow, and that's that's actually surprising to for me to hear, and probably some of our listeners to hear that that um, that you were that you did you did you I guess the question would be did you know Gwen before um, no creating the podcast that's that's surprising because you two have a really a great rapport but I guess testing <laughs> thank you talents yeah. I mean well I it, you know one of the things I said to myself when I said I would. I would do the podcast, like, you know, like I'm a big star that they approached and I deigned to do it. I mean, I was eager to do it, but I also said I never wanted to feel, I mean, a lot of what I do doesn't feel like work, in quotes. Like, I really love what I do, so it's just like a seamless part of my life. And I, especially with the podcast, because you do have to produce and have recommendations and have books on hand and have to read and have to organize yourself, which I minimally do. I just said, the minute I start feeling like it's work or the minute I feel like I'm going to fudge it, like I'm going to talk about a book I really didn't read just because I need to talk about something, I just refuse to do that. So I came into it sort of like, I'm just going to be me, and if they want to replace me and if they want to put someone else in, that's fine. That's how I approached it. But Gwen, to answer your question directly, it's really one of those things like I immediately felt so comfortable with her. She is like the sweetest, kindest, nicest, smartest person. Like I say on the podcast once in a while, like, oh, I love you, Gwen. And I sort of, I do. Uh, she makes, she's a perfect compliment for me. And I hope I'm one for her where I always say I'm the reactor. Like she's sort of the recommendations department person and she, has a wide range of knowledge because she's on lots of different committees for uh, book lists and she's that's her job and that's her passion so I feel like I just react to her and follow her lead and she's happy to take charge and I think we are a good match and I'm glad that comes across to someone listening because the first t- time I sat down with her to, to record the podcast I felt so comfortable it's one of those weird things I never really thought about it so you actually brought it up because it's just been like this comfortable thing so I'm glad it does come across like that there was no training or no acting and no like I have to really hunker down and work on this it was just like we're going to talk for 45 minutes and have fun yeah great some people some people just click and that's awesome yeah yeah now how do you um, I guess my question would be how do you two work as a team when it comes to the production and the recording of, of the show itself are there um, I guess some of our, our our listeners who may want to do a podcast or are doing a podcast themselves, it's I think as uh, I can speak for for myself as someone who is hosting a show by myself. Um, there's you know you get into your your rhythms and your the way you work, but how is it working with another person to produce a show? You know, I wish I had like some really juicy story that about like <laughs> a conflict behind the scenes. Um, well, at the beginning, I guess to answer your question. Directly at the beginning, we used to meet for like lunch or breakfast or whenever we met uh, before the podcast and go over um, the format. We wouldn't tell each other the books we were going to recommend or the things we were going to talk about because we wanted to keep that an on-air thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would talk about the format of it and what we were, what points we might want to hit and stuff like that. So, like, basically an outline we would prepare, but just right before. We wouldn't have meetings, like, a week before or days before. It would be just before. And eventually, rather early, that stopped. Like, we just got into our groove, and then we just met. 
So we do, there is a format essentially like, you know, a lot of times Gwen will introduce it. Sometimes if I'm in the mood, I'll just say, Hey, I want to do it. And she's like, all right. And, uh, then we'll just launch and we don't know like who's going to start talking first or, or who, who will to start talking first or, or what order we'll do things in. Uh, it just sort of just happens. And at first we didn't have, we didn't have editing capabilities at all. Um, we were, it would just be raw and then the producer figured out ways to sort of edit stuff and all he really edits out is like some ums and pauses and sometimes we'll stop and say, I lost my train of thought and we'll start up again. But otherwise everything else is, is just there. So it, so we can keep it very free flowing. Honestly, that's yeah. sort of the way I prefer to do it. Yeah, and again, I think that's probably a, 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 a testament to the the dynamic that you and Gwen have that it is just a natural thing. Yeah, I, and it yeah. just happened. Like you, I never really thought about it. So you ask, it just sort of was. I I guess I take it for, for granted because it is so great, but I shouldn't because that's it is sort of rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you get along mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. Now, now the the show itself. Um, you you cover a wide variety of topics. I mean, just uh, you know everything from LGBTQ sci-fi books to um, yeah. Uh, you, you had uh, Rena Glazer from the Pro Bono Institute. Uh, you talked to how New York Public Library serves people in prison uh, mm-hmm. on top of book recommendations. It's such a wide variety of, of topics. How? Um, what is the, the programming process like um, for the show? I think, like, maybe the secret for even programming or up until, like, television or streaming or any kind of producing facility uh, that – create something that's hopefully emotionally connecting and deals with books and ideas and emotions and people, it's sort of instinctive. It's sort of organic. Like, we'll, we'll plan, you know, and also planning. The secret of planning is, like, you plan, 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 and then things fall through. So we've planned occasionally, like, we'll have a guest here, we'll have a guest there, and sometimes that guest can't come on, or we won't be able to do what we want to do. But for the most part, how we actually just sort of think about like the people we want on the show is how you just sort of said it. Like it's a, a sort of look at the diversity of of New York Public Library and, and New York City and just sort of like say, hey, you know, this is great department that deals with prisons. Like we should have them on. Like people might not know about that. And actually me, Frank, I didn't know that much about it. Uh, someone on staff at Jefferson Market works with them recently, but um, I didn't know much about it. So I was like, I want to know about it. So part of it is our own curiosity and our own sort of like, yeah, that should be highlighted as well. And diversity is a big thing. It's like New York is such a diverse and wide-ranging city, and New York Public Library, therefore, is as well. We want sort of like lots of different voices, lots of different opinions and lots of different points of view. And then, therefore, lots of different recommendations. So we had the LGBT sci-fi guy who, who I just happened to meet um, randomly in the library who now runs his book discussion here. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, there's a book for LGBT identifying people discussing science fiction. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Let's hear about it. So that was our, our sort of impulse to do. So planning is sort of part of it. Like, everything sort of has to be planned. Um, but a lot of it is just sort of like you know, free-ranging brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Now, what is um, New York Public Library's role in the podcast? Are they, um, uh, what kind of support um, do they give you, if any? Um, 
that's a that's a good question too because I've been in the library system for like 20 years, and I've seen the New York Public Library change a lot, as, as I have seen the world change a lot. And I think, you know, anyone in libraries knows what that means, like technology and all that stuff. Um, and the New York Public Library right now is an incredibly responsive, sort of try-things-out try place. So I think when New York Public Library's department, the recommendations department that Gwen is in, had the idea to do it, they were just like, great, let's try it. And someone in communications uh, is the producer, and he gets the tech stuff together, so we're supported that way. I mean, we literally started um, with, like, a very old-fashioned, old-timey-looking radio mic, like one mic for the two of us, in a closet somewhere in the 42nd Street Library, the, the, the famous library with the lions. Uh, because it was the quietest place we could find that wouldn't have a lot of background noise. And that evolved to now having an office for us with, like, two mics each, a mic for the guest, a little more sophisticated, whatever he uses, the producer software to record it and play around with it. So it has evolved um, as we've evolved, and the library has supported it all the way. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, we loved sort of like the early days when we were in a little closet talking over one little microphone in the middle, like surrounded by like old signage and stuff like that. It was sort of fun. Uh, but now we have a little more sophistication going on with it. Like you'd imagine, it, it has evolved and it's continuing to grow. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's interesting. You you mentioned your origins, um, you know, the very modest origins. Yeah. Because um, I think that's that can be inspir- inspirational for any anyone out there, any librarian that might want to do their own podcast. Um, for now, to that, for any of our listeners out there who are thinking about getting into this into, into this game, do you have any tips for them? Like where to start? Like uh, what should they do? You know, early on, uh, a library system. In the Midwest, I believe, like emails Gwen and me uh, with just that question, and I feel like I just sort of failed them so miserably because I was also so new to doing it. Because it's you know the answer to that question is obviously maybe or maybe not obviously driven by the personality of the person who's answering it, uh, meaning me, and I am sort of like not like a methodical like do this, do this, do this person. Um, it's, I just sort of like, I'm enthusiastic about the library and what I do, so it starts there. So when I was asked about, like, to do this, and I was like, great, and then I told you what, like, my rules for myself was, it's not going to feel like work, I'm going to talk about stuff I'm really into, and and not fudge it just because I have to provide content for a podcast. If I don't, I even said, if I don't have, I didn't, couldn't read a book that week, I'm going to be honest, and I'll just ask one question. Like, I don't want to have to lie or to make, fake it. So that was something for me. But then when I just talked to you about the early days of the podcast in the closet with one mic, that it never bothered me because it was just the content that was fun. Like the, the experience of talking to Gwen was fun. So I guess the, the advice that I gave probably weekly to that library system that emailed me and I guess I'd give to you is like, be yourself. <laughs> like if you have an enthusiasm about First of all, doing it. If you dread doing it or you don't want to do it, then you shouldn't do it. And, but if you do, do want to do it, then uh, technically you're going to be talking about stuff you're already enthusiastic about and let that guide you. I mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't – I don't 
note what I do. Like sometimes I say, I gotta talk slower. I just have to calm down sometimes. <laughs> and I'll give myself notes or I'll, or I'll ask the producer, like, did that make sense? And almost always he's just like, it was fine. And I have to be honest, I'm surprised when we get comments saying, love listening to you guys and you're great. I'm just like, really? I feel like I'm just like an incoherent mess because that's my, my personality tends to think like, I'm just winging it and I am. And how can that possibly be intelligible, but I guess it is. But I sort of like the fact that I can just be myself there, and I think that's the best way. I guess also I'm saying be authentic. Like, be authentic to yourself and don't try to, I guess, don't try to be what you think you should be. Like, oh, a podcast. Like, you have a great radio voice. Like, listening to you actually automatically makes me feel like calmer because you have a really great voice for radio i'm sure you have a great face for screen as well but i've never met you so i don't know but your voice is wonderful and um yeah 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 you do it's very resonant um so like the advice is like that's you i suppose i mean did you train to like make your voice sound that way or are you just talking like you that's just me this is see there you go well it reads authentically and that's i think part of it um, we don't, of course we tweak ourselves when we know we're being recorded and things like that. It's inevitable because it's a different environment than just chatting around in, in your office with someone. But, um, I feel like you just authentically have to be yourself. And I guess one other thing that I didn't tell that other, the library system that emailed me was also, um, try to, and we got this comment from listeners, try to explain more about why you're recommending what you're recommending. Sometimes they'll say, oh, I read, um, blah, 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 it was fantastic. Oh, my God, I couldn't put it down. It was a great read. And then someone else starts talking about a book. It's like, well, that didn't say much, really. I find like I want to I want to tell people, whether they want to hear it or not, I want to tell people why it was fantastic. And may, that might sound obvious, but I've, I've listened to earlier ones, and sometimes that's sort of what I did. And I realized that doesn't say anything. I want to really give people an idea of, like, why and why I responded to it. And I did listen to some podcasts from that, I keep talking about this mysterious library system that emailed me, and they were new at it who had asked me for advice, and they sort of did that same thing, and I wanted to really know, like, really an interesting detail about their emotional reaction to it, because it's all about how you feel and why you respond, like, one's feelings to this artwork, this book, that you're responding to, and so the the sort of, quote, deeper, for lack of a more trenchant term, you know, that someone gets into it, the more interesting I think it is. For me, certainly. Mm-hmm. Those details is what you remember, you know? Now, um, now, where can where can um, people, where can our listeners find, if they're not already avid listeners as they should be, where can they find uh, the libraries in? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> see, I'm not the, again, like, I'm the reactor. I just sort of react and do my thing. I'm actually looking up on my computer very quickly. <laughs> I mean, the there's so many platforms, and I'm sort of like, this is terrible to say. I'm, I'm one of those librarians that, you know, of course, I know a lot about technology to a degree, but it's also confusing to me sometimes, and I try to, I work with that, with um, the public. I mean, uh, the public here at Jefferson Market in Greenwich Village is a very reading book, already intellectual, inquiring public, which is a pleasure for me. A lot of them don't need specifically technology training, even though, of course, a lot of others do. Um, I'm babbling incoherently to explain my inadequacy. Okay, so the librarian is in is on the New York Public Library website. Um to be honest, to get to that, the blog post where the audio is embedded plus the list of all the things we discuss in that audio, 
Just mm-hmm. search for librarian is in NYPL and you'll find it. The URL is actually sort of long. Personally, I subscribe to Librarian is in via, via iTunes. It's very easy to find. Just go okay, Librarian is in, search, and you're right at the top. So, um, Frank, thanks so much for talking to the Three Decimal Podcast today. This has been awesome. I hope it has because it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Well, that wraps another episode of the Dewey Decimal Podcast. Thanks again to Steve Thomas and Frank Hilarious for joining us. And please, you must, must check out Circulating Ideas in the Librarian is In if you've not done that yet. You won't regret it. Join us next month as Dewey Decibel gets down to business to tackle fake news and how it's handled both inside and outside of the library world. It'll be an important episode. Don't miss it. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can always drop me a line personally at deweydecibel at ala.org. Please let us know how we're doing. If you have any show ideas, anything at all, shoot us a line. We want to hear from you. Also, iTunes subscribers, rate and review the show if you have a minute. Your words help us reach more people, so please do that if you can. Again, I'm Phil Moorhart, Associate Editor of American Libraries Magazine, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast.